Hello and welcome to the Shameless Book Club. This month we read The Wedding Party by New York Times best-selling novelist Jasmine Guillory. The book follows characters Maddie and Theo who have two things in common. One, they share a best friend called Alexa and two, they hate each other. And yet underneath the sharp barbs they toss at one another is a simmering attraction which builds until they can't resist sneaking off together when Alexa isn't looking. <laughs> this is my intro, Annabelle Lee. That was Zara. This book is full of love, lust and sex, which gives us oh so much to talk about. They've already practically introduced themselves, but let me do it formally. I don't know how you got thrown under the I know. I thought that sound came out of it's her It's something mouth. I would do. Yeah. <laughs> the two people you're, of course, hearing alongside me are my beloved co-hosts, Zara McDonald, welcome. Hello. And Annabelle Lee, welcome. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what a chaotic <laughs> entry to the episode. I'm ready. I'm ready too. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to this romance novel, but as always, we begin with an introduction to the author. Let's talk a bit about Jasmine Guillory. Annabelle, where should we begin? Yes, so Jasmine Guillory has a lot of romance novels under her belt, but before working as a full-time writer, she worked as a full-time lawyer, which I love because like we hear that a lot, lawyers yeah. mm. transitioning into something more creative. Wait, when have we heard that recently? <laughs> Me? I'm one of those. Oh, yes, well, I'm not, I wasn't a lawyer, but I studied law. <laughs> I love that your intro says, we hear about it a lot, like my personal life, it is my own story. You're right though, she did graduate from Stanford University in 2002, so she's a clever cookie. 13 years after that, after working as a lawyer, she moved into writing and got into fiction. 100%. I've been so keen to read one of her books because I've just heard so much about her for so long, particularly in our own kind of book club circles. I'd heard a lot about The Proposal, that book in particular. And I think when it came to Jasmine Guillory, the conversation that I was often hearing with her is, I guess we hear so much about how this space, romance particularly, but the literary world in general is just dominated by white authors and white characters. And she's really smashed it in this space and really carved out her own I don't want to say niche, but it almost does feel like her own niche because she's got a very specific style of doing things. Well, it's her own literary world, right? Like all of, and I know we were going to talk about this anyway, but may as well say it from the top. All of her books so far have been interwoven with each other. Like the characters appear across a range of books, the timelines are overlapping, the story we read about from the perspective of Maddie and Theo is lightly touched upon in the proposal where that focuses more on Alexa and Drew. So it's an interconnected web and I think that is so clever from Jasmine Guillory because it means you read one book, you have a little interest in what, I don't know, Alexa's life is like and there you go, there's a whole book to tell you all about that perspective too. Do you guys not just find that so impressive and I don't know many other authors that I've come across who've done something like this because I feel like it would be so complicated to pull off yeah Taylor Jenkins read touches on other characters but it's definitely not this complex I do feel a little bit silly though for not realizing she did that with the book Jasmine did this with the book until after I read it yeah I didn't know and that's why like those were my main gripes with the book that I didn't quite understand some of the backstory of some of the characters because I had obviously not read the other books I think a lot was assumed, not to jump the conversation. I know we're going to talk about weaknesses later, but there was a lot that Jasmine assumed the readers would know and assumed that we'd read the other books when I hadn't. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that, but I am also still like dumbfounded sometimes that like, 
as you say, Taylor Jenkins Reid has like mentioned characters across books, but to to ensure that all of these books are consistent in timelines mm. and events would be so hard. Writing for Oprah Daily, I saw this piece that Jasmine wrote where she said, most often in the literary world, the most well-known stories featuring black girls and women are tales of hardship and sorrow, slavery, abuse, rape, struggle, servitude, pain. These are the narratives that most frequently get told about us. And sure, sometimes those women and girls triumph over their pain and struggle but before they do we the readers get to see how difficult life is for them how terribly the world treats them and therefore how bad it is to be a black woman of course so many of these stories are necessary and important but it only tells one dimension of our lives and I think it's very clear here that she wants to write about joy and mm. love and, and sex and romance and all the good stuff yeah bounce you go but also I was surprised to learn that she only wrote her first romance in like 2018 well this is what I wanted to raise with you both this has been a rapid ascension in the rom lit space for Jasmine Guillory she wrote her first novel in 2018 and she has now published her seventh novel mm. so like this is an insane amount of work that she has taken on. Her most recent book is called By the Book. That was released early this year. But in some years, she's released two romance novels. So she must be sitting down and absolutely smashing these out. Yeah, she said she followed like a strict spreadsheet, which is very lawyer of her. She told Slate that writing romance was her way of getting out of her head and clearing her mind from work stuff because there was obviously like a transition period where she was working full-time as a lawyer still and then dipping her toes into writing Mm. novels. She said, while I definitely went through periods of feeling like I was not going to go anywhere with this. I just kept coming back to it because I had so much fun with it. That was the thing that kept me coming back, enjoying getting out of my own head for a while. And I feel like that has the same effect for readers, like the fun of reading a romance novel like this was very similar to the way she wrote it, like just filled with fun. We've spoken about Jasmine Guillory. I want to speak to you guys. I know this is a little different for us, but I'm itching to have a conversation about this kind of book. Now, The Wedding Party is very much leaning into the romance space. Like it is your quintessential romance novel. And I want to hear from you both. Do you love romance novels? Do you hate romance novels? What's your relationship with them? Let's start with you, Zara. Well, I think it's so funny that you said, Annabelle, that Jasmine worked to a spreadsheet for this kind of book because I do feel like these kinds of books are incredibly formulaic, right? Like you know what you're getting when you open up every page. And I feel like, Mish, quite recently you and I had a conversation about how we were struggling to crack into romance novels and that they simply weren't grabbing us anymore. But I actually did find this one really easy to flick through. And I wonder if this was A, because my expectations were low because I'd sort of finally come to the conclusion that romance wasn't for me. Mm. And then I read one that was all right. So I was like, oh, maybe this is fine. (laughs) And B, if enjoying these kinds of books is as circumstantial as it is anything else. And when I say that, I mean, really depends on where you are and what you're doing. For example, for me, I read the entirety of this book on the plane to Brisbane and then on the plane home. Nowhere else did mm. I pick it up. I had no- You flew through yeah, it. Yeah, I had no in-flight entertainment. I had no phone. I had nothing else to do. So I had no choice but to properly just lean into it. And mm. I think with romance novels, there's so many opportunities when we know the formula mm. to try and lean out or to pick it apart or 
to have gripes with it. But when I was all I had, I was like, well, I've just simply got to do this. And I think having no other option really made me commit and like it more. Yeah, how interesting. This book did not make me like the genre (laughs) more as a bit of a spoiler alert. I found myself truthfully eye rolling through a lot of this book. And I don't think that's a reflection of Jasmine Guillory or of romance novels. It's a reflection of me. I am the problem. This is not so self-aware of you. (laughs) It's not not you. (laughs) It's me. But truthfully, I think my major gripe with romance literature is that the problems, and I'm putting that in inverted commas, the problems in these books are not problems at all. This whole book, 330 pages, are based on the problem that these two can't tell Alexa about their romance, that they simply must keep it a secret and it simply must end by Alexa's wedding, as if that deadline was imposed on them by, I don't know, God or some otherworldly <laughs> power that they have no influence over. They create the rules that they then struggle underneath. And then at the end of every romance book, they go, we don't need to stop having sex after the wedding and we can fall in love with each other and we can be adults about it and tell the people around us and it's fine. And it's like, you could have come to that conclusion on page three. I've read 330 pages about fake problems with (laughs) fake solutions and I'm tired. I agree. I agree with you both. Yeah. I agree with what you just said, Mish. I felt like I didn't understand the foundation of the book like I was like why do you guys hate each other so much yes you both seem like decent people like I think Theo was made out to be this douchebag but I didn't believe it Jasmine I don't think didn't sell him as a douchebag enough at the beginning for me to be like I understand why you hate each other and why you had to create these parameters in your relationship but I enjoyed it still I don't consume a lot of books like this and I think consuming formulate content like this is great in small doses. Like every now and then when you feel like something light and sugary to take your mind off things. I think this kind of book serves a purpose. I totally agree because I also think I felt pretty anxious when I was reading this book for reasons that weren't related to this book. (laughs) I wasn't anxious because of it. (laughs) And it felt like an easy thing to be distracted by, right? Like the story was incredibly black and white. Like it was, it wasn't going to surprise me. There was nothing in there that was going to surprise me. And I thought because it's easy, there's so much value that I find in that right now Mm. at this moment in time. So I'm interested to see, I know this is not the last romance novel we will do for this book club. So if I come back on mic and say, was my enjoyment of this book or my relative enjoyment of this book purely circumstantial? Was it Jasmine's writing? Like I'm interested to see where I land with that later. Yeah, I'm starting to not like myself as we're having this conversation. Why? Am I just not fun? Am I too old now where I just cannot stomach this stuff anymore? Like, why am I so cynical and eye-rolling at everything? I just I don't have the time (laughs) to read 330 pages and end up exactly where I fucking thought we'd end up with zero surprises (laughs) at all. But it's nice to just, like, follow along. Life's too short to waste on books where you know exactly what's gonna happen. But there are a lot of, but I I disagree with that. (laughs) I just, I think you disagree with what you just said as well because you will sit in a movie and know exactly how that movie is going to end. Yes. Okay. I reckon <laughs> most of your TV shows, you know how they're going to end. TV shows and movies, I would argue, do not, in my experience, take as much time. This book took me ages to get through. I think books like this are the same to me as re-watching old TV shows that yeah. you love. Uh, it's like, you know the way they're going to end. We know this book was going to end in a happy ending, but there's a sense of comfort in reading and, and watching ease. them. Yeah. I do love that from you both. That's actually a great <laughs> parallel, I think. I just want to read out one example of an eye roll moment where I was like, I could be doing better things with my time right now, and I don't believe it. This is the scene after Alexa finds her dream wedding dress, and it's that fairy tale moment. I'm so happy. 
I'm not even going to apologise for doing this. Group hug. Before she'd even gotten the words out, the other three enveloped her and one another in a huge Aww. hug. I'm so happy. I love you guys so much, Alexa said. I'm so glad all three of you are here with me today. Thank you so much. Damn it, Alexa. Now I'm crying again, Maddie said. <laughs> I'm crying too, Alex said from inside the curve of Maddie's arm. I expected you to cry. You always cry at say yes to the dress. But why am I crying about a dress? We're all crying about a dress, Maddie said. They all laughed as they let one another go. All four of them wiped their faces, even Theo. I do not believe that for a second. No, nor do I, but who cares? It's just so <laughs> Note to self, never suggest us three do a group hug. <laughs> oh, mate, there's no way me. you're getting me close to that. <laughs> I'll hug you, but as someone who got a wedding dress recently, that's just not, um, maybe I'm just cold hearted. Maybe this is a me problem. It's so overly saccharine. So overly saccharine. But I'm at a point in the year where it's like, just give me that. Like, <laughs> do you know what? Just give it to me. Guys, after the break, we are going to hear all of your nitty gritty thoughts about the characters, the weaknesses, the strengths of this book, and of course, your ratings. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Alrighty, team, we are officially at the point where we dissect our favourite and least favourite characters. There weren't a bunch of people to actually follow along with in this book. Annabelle. Yes. Who was your fave character? I liked all of the characters. I adored Maddie, although I couldn't quite picture her because I think I was confused by the essence of who she was. Yes, I totally yes, agree with you. Like she was described as a bit of a bitch and cold and all those things. But she seemed lovely. She seemed like a great person and quite warm. 100% agree. Yeah. I think for me, remember in the last book club conversation we had, we were like talking about how sometimes we were told something but weren't shown it. Yes. I felt this in this book too. Like we were constantly told that Maddie was a bitch and that Theo was a bit of an asshole. But I was like, I don't get it. Like the only time that like that storyline where Maddie was like randomly a bitch to the, the person that they were filming the pilot with and then she left crying. And I was yeah. like, this seemed kind of out of character, even though I've been told you're a bit of a bitch all the way through. And I do wonder again, as you mentioned earlier, Annabelle, if that did have something to do with the fact that this was one of many books and there might have been instances in other books where Maddie had been a bitch and Perhaps it was just assumed that we knew that. Dare I say, I mean, I don't want to critique the complete writing style. I know this was all done in third person, but I think I would have been able to understand their hatred for each other if I could read one chapter from Theo's perspective where you're getting all of this stuff from Maddie and not realising the kind of motivations behind what she's doing. And then you get a whole section by Maddie about the stuff that Theo is doing to come off as an asshole. It's very difficult to get either of those pictures when both perspectives are interwoven with each other via writing and third person. Like I found that quite confusing. I couldn't really get into the mindset of either one because they were so interspersed with each other. Yeah, I think she tried to do that. You know, like you'd be reading it in third person from one person's perspective and then you jump to the other. But I agree with you. You don't get like the nitty gritty of like the mindset. I do want to make one comment. I really enjoyed reading the perspective of a character in Maddie who was a stylist. I just found that super sugary and fun. I've never had a character in any of the books I've read. They're so often writers, which is funny, clearly because the author wants to reach for personal experience. But reading the perspective of a celebrity stylist or a, I don't know, just someone in the clothing 
publishing industry I really loved. I just have one small gripe and I find this with so many books. This is not a Jasmine Guillory thing. It's an all book thing. It's hard to translate what's being written in front of me with how I'm visualizing an outfit. For example. Oh, I so agree. (laughs) The ultimate outfit, like the hottest outfit in this book that Maddie styled for someone was, and I quote, a bright red skirt with a kick pleat, <laughs> leopard print heels, and a black ruffle top. Oh no, honey! <laughs> and it just reminds me of when we were reading Colleen Hoover's "It Ends with Us," oh and they God. were trying to the sell flowers. us on steampunk flowers oh, I with that. a lock. <laughs> Remember the whole, the whole florist was like punk theme, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it was meant to be super aspirational. And we were like, um, <laughs> just every time this happens with like a really hot bunch of flowers or hot outfit, I'm like, it's not quite working for me. Yeah, totally. I I wonder what you guys thought of Drew. Did you guys like him? This is so random. But I felt like maybe because Jasmine wrote about Alexa and Drew in another book, I'm feeling like there was tension in that book and Drew maybe did something wrong because everyone seemed to be a bit iffy on Drew. Yeah. So when I went back and read like more, like probably spoiled the synopses of the other books for myself, it made more sense. Okay. The Drew mentions. Okay. Right. The thing about these books is it's not like you need to read them chronologically. I'm sure clearly from our discussion, I'm sure it helps. Like you can feasibly pick this up and the story stands by itself. But I think what I'm learning the more I get to know these books is that perhaps, yes, the Drew stuff would have made more sense. Alexa might have been easier to picture. But generally for me, what's interesting is I actually feel like I could picture the characters relatively well. And Mm. I felt like I hadn't been able to do that in the last few books that I had read. I mean, I really liked Theo. I Me thought too. he sounded kind of hot. Yeah. Like he seemed like the kind of guy that was like, oh, yeah, that's the kind of guy I guess he meant to end up with. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the pretty straight edged but like. Great in bed. Yeah, hot. And you can smart, Clearly treats people well. I was like, well, I guess that's the aspirational kind of guy. I agree. And it's also deeply believable that the boring spreadsheet guy who works too much is really good in bed. Yeah. That, just, yeah. that just checks out. Or that like dancing scene at the start. I was like, oh, secret talents that he has. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Even though you. that was a bit cringe, I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought he was really likable. And there weren't many instances where I sided with Maddie over him. Don't you think that most of the characters were pretty likable though? Like yeah. that's yeah. definitely one thing I took away. Like I really, I mean, the book itself was like pretty wholesome. They all seemed pretty nice. And I quite liked the relationship that Maddie had with her mum. Yeah. Like a sweet aside. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have one gripe overall with the main characters. So I'm talking. saying I've got one gripe. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <laughs> so we're talking Theo, Maddie and Alexa. When I read that these people were 34 years old, I could not deal. This was the dialogue, behaviour, attitude, everything of maybe people 10 years younger. Like I seriously thought I was reading the perspective of 25-year-olds. When I read they were all 34, I even more couldn't believe that we had a fake set of rules that kind of were the basis of the whole novel. Yes, I was so surprised. And also, because I've got a question for you. If you were Alexa and you knew that your best friends were getting it on behind the scenes, would you just pretend like you didn't know? That felt a bit childish to me. If that happened to me, I'd be like, quit playing me for a fool. I know what's going on. I actually could see myself doing either. I could see myself just calling them out on it straight away or I could see myself like playing them in the way that they're playing me to be like, I'm just going to sit here and see how long it actually takes me for you to think that I'm not an idiot. You would do that, I think. I think you'd be capable of it. I don't think I would. I think I would want to bring it up and then I'd make eye contact with them and do a stupid smile because I wouldn't be able to stop it from spreading across my face. And then there would be nothing in my body that could stop the words from coming out. Like I simply don't have the power. Like I did find that 
kind of believable if I'm like I don't think everyone would do it but I can imagine it being kind of fun just like watching the ways that like how embarrassing for them like they're the fools watching them try to hide it in a way that's not at all working would a 34 year old lock two other 34 year olds in a closet to figure it out it's so it's draining it's so funny though it's like are they in like a dungeon like where are they it sounded so dark and cold in there (laughs) so let's talk about overall weaknesses and strength Zara McDonald, shall you begin? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think one thing that was sad about this book, well, not sad, sad, but one thing that, you know, I love in a book is when I'm reading it and I'm desperate to take a photo of a page or put a little dog ear down on a page for us to talk about later. Like we will all do that through the course of reading these books when we're coming to book club because I love reading out passages that I adored. I didn't do that once in this book, which means I guess that there was nothing that I read or thought in it that was like particularly nice or thoughtful or like extremely interesting. Like no like defining, I don't know, unique There was nothing sentence. for you to savour. No takeaway. No. Yeah. It was just mm. like a story to sort of consume but not much else. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes, but that has its purpose. For sure, yes. which is of which we spoke about yes. earlier. You two are so nice. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this book I would describe as almost good. I love that. Because I enjoyed it, but I think it could have been so much stronger if the dynamics and the relationships were set up better. Like if the hatred was more believable and then I think if we like followed Maddie and Theo along as they worked through their relationship and like, Mm. you know, grew to like each other, I think I would have like believed it more if I believed they hated each other. Right. Gotcha. I agree with that. I don't think I really bought into the hatred, but also I think one of my bigger annoyances with this book was the fact that they slept together on page 28. <laughs> and and to get really by surprise. It's so I liked quick. it. No, but with romance novels <laughs> like this, right, we know they're going to end up together. Mm. That The only real question mark that pulls me through a book like this is when are they finally going to bang? Like, I want to know when the sex comes. If the sex comes in the first 30 pages, I truly don't have much to get me through. Maybe if the sex was spicier, more adventurous, more daring, like if they were having sex in public or like, I don't know, doing some crazy things, it would have pulled me through. But then all we got for the rest of the book was they go back to Theo's apartment or they go back to Maddie's apartment and they have sex and it's basically the same sex we read on page 28. Like the hottest sex in this book was the first instance of sex. (laughs) I didn't get – as someone who loves sex in a book, as I've said many a time on this book club podcast, I need some spice. Like I love sex scenes but you can't just give me the same stuff and their sex life, dare I say, sounded very generic after that first time. They like have sex in a car, mix it up. Why do we keep having sex in beds? It was quite funny (laughs) because they also had sex – like heaps in the book, but it was yeah. like, I reckon there was probably like surely 15 or 20 instances where they were having sex in this yeah. book. Am I crazy? No, they would have had to be there. So that. when I was sitting on the plane, every three pages, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, is anyone like looking at what I'm actually <laughs> reading right now? I kind of liked that there was no build up to start. That was the one thing that sort of bucked the regular formula for me. Like I was happy to jump into their dynamics straight away because I knew that they were going to end up together. I guess for that point, for me, the big question mark was, how was it going to fall apart at that sort of 75% of the way in because we jumped into it straight away. So I really didn't mind that. I agree. I feel like the premise of this book was casual sex between two friends. So it makes sense that the sex started quite early and that just continued until they were like, I think I love you. (laughs) I'm hearing you, but it set up a pattern for so much repetition. I swear to God, I could summarise the first 200 pages of this book in the following. Maddie and Theo sleep together. 
They can't believe they've just slept together. How wild that Maddie and Theo are sleeping together. Theo makes Maddie coffee. Nobody tell Alexa. Rinse, repeat. Yeah, that's fair. And also I imagine the coffee to be shit. Oh, it sounded terrible. Yes. <laughs> I was like, don't pretend you guys have coffee smells. Have you been to Melbourne? I also think for me, this is kind of like a random observation, but the prominence of working in a mayor's office, this is neither a weakness or a strength, just an observation, felt incredibly American. Like I genuinely couldn't picture a story taking place in like a mayor or MP's office in Australia uh, in a book like this. It felt very American. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I know it's an American book. I didn't love it either. It was just so random. I yeah. couldn't quite picture. The rally? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The rally, that rally was random. The Chaotic. Rally, the rally was difficult to picture. I agree mm. with that. I also had a weakness listed for the dialogue. I really didn't buy some of the dialogue between the characters. I wrote down a couple of instances. One example is... Oh, yeah. Didn't I tell you? Alexa beckoned Drew over. I asked him tonight. He's going to be a bridesman, which is a very silly sounding word. But then so many wedding related words are ridiculous. Passages like that. I'm like, can I picture anyone saying that? I don't think I can. And then there was another instance on page 123, which was, how the hell is it possible to look that good in any article of clothing? And why the fuck do you look that sexy when I'm going to have to sit there with you and Alexa and I can't jump on you and peel that bikini off your incredible body? Again, I get that it's like sexy talk. I can't picture that conversation happening in real life. Yeah, but I feel that with almost all dialogue because in order to tell a story, I feel like they have to be so much more explicit than they need to be. It's like when you're watching a movie and in the opening scene, a wife says to her husband, like, and how was your work day at the accounting firm that, <laughs> CBD? And that it's you've like, worked at since you were yeah, 27? It's like <laughs> that to move the story along and to give you more context, the dialogue is always infused with like just detail, way too much detail. The second thing, yeah, I agree with you. The first quote, I have less of an issue with. The second one you just read out, I'm like... It's pretty funny, sexy talk. (laughs) Whenever I read sexy dialogue, though, in any book, even if it's like objectively good sexy dialogue, I cringe because I'm like, I can't picture myself saying that because I'm fucking awkward. (laughs) (laughs) It is a funny quote, like, peel that bikini off your incredible body. But maybe people say that and we're just out Uh, of the loop. I don't think people say say that. that. No. What about you, Annabelle? Any strengths that you want to list? I think the overall book as a concept and the way that I enjoyed it was a strength. Like, I felt great after reading it when I was reading and I felt really distracted from real life, which I think is a big, big plus because sometimes I feel a bit drained at the idea of picking up a book and feeling like it's a slog. It's going to bring you down a little yeah. bit. But this one I knew, I was really excited to jump back into. Yeah, it was I, a page turner for both of you. Yeah. yeah, and I totally agree with you. I think the strength was the fact that it transported me and it was an easy read. But it's very easy with books like this to kind of trawl through and then start like picking apart certain things that didn't quite work because the strength of the book is that it worked in its entirety. I also did like just harping back to something we mentioned a little while ago I liked how Alexa did know that they were dating the whole time yeah I would have been infuriated <laughs> if she was like shocked at the end because I was like you're playing me for a fool like there's yeah. no way she wouldn't have known so I did like when I got to the end of the book and they were like she obviously knew yeah I agree with you I think that was a good little light point that went aha uh-huh. like of course and yeah. Olivia was like what was up with you guys texting in front of me like, yeah, I, yeah. I liked like, that they were like pulling attention to that 100 yeah. I think it might be time to get give our ratings. I think we've breezed through this one and I'm loving it. There's not as much to unpack. No, which is probably by design of it being a romance novel, right? Mm -hmm. Annabelle? Yes. What is your rating for The Wedding Party? My rating is three because I trust my gut and I trust my take on the overall vibe of a book. I can't really explain why I gave it a three because I found a lot of flaws in it, like you 
say, like after you read it, you pick it apart. I feel like unnecessarily with a book like this, it's hard to not pick it apart, but I did enjoy it. So a three. Nice. I'll give it a three and a half just because it made the plane trip go really quick. (laughs) That's great. That for me is sometimes all I want in a book to be transported and that's what it did. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it, but I (laughs) (laughs) I did not enjoy it. I don't think I enjoy romance novels ever. It gave me a distinctly similar vibe to how I felt when I read Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. And I didn't like that book either at all. So it's not Jasmine's problem. It's my problem. I want to preface my rating with that. I think I have to go 1.5, guys. I I would be lying to myself if I brought it up to a two. I really did track every page number, particularly after page 30 when they'd already had sex. It was (laughs) a slog for me. I left it and felt frustrated. It is a one and a half. I do want to read, though, The Proposal. I feel like The Proposal is Jasmine Guillory's, like, ultimate book and maybe that's... Don't do it to yourself. You don't like romance. Stop for you. Like, <laughs> don't be a masochist. It's okay. It's so fine. I feel self-conscious. No. I'll read it first and then I'll bookmark the sex scenes for you to read. If that yes. makes you feel better. <laughs> if there are sexy sex scenes, I'll read those. That's a great solution. That is very funny. Well, look, just don't do it to yourself. We'll have a little break before we do another romance novel. Thank you. I'd almost prefer anything else. <laughs> Guys, that is it for the June installment of the Shameless Book Club. If you read The Wedding Party and want to tell us your thoughts or your own rating, come chat to us on Instagram. We are at the Shameless Book Club. Next month, we will be reading The Island of Missing Trees by the award-winning Turkish-British author Alif Shafak. Here is a passage from the blurb. Two teenagers, a Greek Cypriot and a Turkish Cypriot, meet at the taverna on the island they both call home. In the taverna, hidden beneath garlands of garlic, chilli peppers and creeping honeysuckle, Costas and Daphne grow in their forbidden love for each other. A fig tree stretches through a cavity in the roof and this tree bears witness to their hushed, happy meetings and eventually to their silent, surreptitious departures. The tree is there when the war breaks out, when the capital is reduced to ashes and rubble and when the teenagers vanish. Decades later, Costas returns. He is a botanist looking for native species, but really he's searching for lost love. Interesting. That is it from us, guys. We'll be back in your ears on Monday with a brand new episode of Scandal. I've had a delightful time with you both. Me Thank too. you. I always love doing these and I'm very looking forward to next month's too. Yay. See you guys. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish Stylish, if you want to say it quickly, style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. 
there is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen, give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.